The 49ers beat the Buccaneers as Brock Purdy obviously looked better than Tom Brady. We'll talk a little Devo Samuel injury, and we'll try and come up with new words to describe how good D'Amico Ryans is at his job. News for Right Option podcast starts right now. Welcome, everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, Niners. Oh my goodness, we are live. It is another new edition of the Spirit Ride Option Podcast. Hope they don't get sick of us this week, Jason, because they're going to hear from us a lot. Episode one of three this week, a little tease for the later of the week. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by the beautiful, the word I've been using, incomparable, Jason Aponte. And Jason, I wish your name rhymed with another phallic word so I can give you a cool nickname like Robert. The best part is, is that that was a large hit. That that said, apparently it was. You know, there, there there was so many people who were like, "Man, I love that. I think that's great. More of that." Yeah. So, uh, doing talking, good. Just, talking wieners on the Spirit Red Option podcast. I mean, high-level stuff only. Just finished the Snoopy game, so now Averly can stop bothering me. Maybe I can get to God of War. Like, everything's coming up Jason right now at this point. Oh, we love it. Not even mentioning the Niners win yesterday. God of War, camp, don't have to play Charlie Brown anymore. We're good. We'll see. Don't even need to mention Brock. Brown. We'll see. Uh, oh, no. it's, uh, TBD. TBD. Jason, you are replaying that game a minimum of seven times. I hope you know that. I hate everything. Um, and this is the worst punishment I'm, that anyone could suffer. Parenting. <laughs> I'm so excited to get the notification on my PS5 that Jason Aponte got a platinum trophy in Charlie Brown's Big Adventure. <laughs> and you know what's the worst part is I'm probably not good enough to even get that. So maybe I have to have another conversation about how bad I am in video games. Uh, well, we got to play MLB the show one day, obviously, since you got the PS5 oh, yeah. now. We got we to do that. We'll stream it on Twitch or where YouTube. We run YouTube, so we'll stream on YouTube. Uh, Jason. Really, I think the most important thing that came out of 49ers world yesterday is did the Niners break to a tag of Viola? I think that's a question that a lot of the streets be asking. Streets is asking. And <laughs> I thought – I was told – I thought Mike McDaniel was the secret sauce to this offense. Hmm. I still love him. Still love him. Well, I mean, no, we love him too. It's just Kyle haters are having a really rough time right now. Kyle Shanahan haters right now, they're rough having – they're going through it. They're in – a closet right now trying to process everything because they're running out of things to say about Kyle Shanahan winning games with a backup back-to-back winning seasons back-to-back playoff berths going for it on fourth down now being now aggressive calling. being now, aggressive at the half wait what now they're now they're now they're calling outside zones inside runs Ooh, I all right oh is that too soon? Too, too soon do you want to start no, we're, we're, we're going in order we're going in order Go. We're going in order. We're going to start with the quarter. We'll watch this. You see how slick this podcast is? We'll use the Debo conversation to segue from the running backs to the receivers. You see how we do that here on the Spring Red Option podcast? Yep. But uh, we are going to start at the quarterback position, Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. And how electric, how electric was that? Him taking the deep shots, him finding receivers. Uh, and I mean, it, it was an offense that we haven't seen as Niner fans for a while. Jordan Elliott, a good friend of the podcast, tweeted out, throws 10-plus yards downfield, 5 for 5, 117 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 23.4 yards per attempt. 
Uh, I believe the per, uh, the passer rating was 158.3, which is in the football sense a perfect passer perfect. rating. Because when I think of perfect, I think of the number 158.3. When I perfect. talk about Jason Aponte, I call him a perfect 158.3. Perfect. Uh, but th- that's great. That you that that was great. That was a great impression of it. I love that. I don't even know who that is. I know what the I know what that is. It, it's a Street Fighter. That's what it is. Yes, I, the sound you, you had it perfectly. It triggered the memory in my brain. I couldn't remember where it was. That was how good it was. But Brock Purdy, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm gonna try my absolute best, Jason, because like there's this there's this fallacy. I don't think fallacy is the right word. Of everything that Brock Purdy does has to be compared to the other two quarterbacks mm-hmm. on the 49ers. I just think it's Brock Purdy time. And, and and that's that's really what it is. Such is life as a 49er fan on 49ers Twitter. Um, but look, what needs to be said about this kid right now? And again, you don't have to say anything prophetic. Just enjoy the ride, I think. I think that's the best advice I can give everybody right now at this point. Think about this team, right? Think about this team. And think about how other NFL teams operate. If any other NFL team was down to their third-string quarterback, their season is over. That's not the case for the San Francisco 49ers. It's because the roster, the culture, the coach, and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's doing things right now that you haven't seen in this offense. And there's something that feels sustainable about it. Yes. Doesn't seem like it's fluky, Right. Guys have been running wide open in this system the entire time. The entire time. And that's why it's kind of funny to me when people are like, well, is he going to call games differently for this guy or for this guy? The deep throws were always there. Just some guys didn't take them. Yes, Purdy's taking them. The answers were always in the play. They were always there. There's your deep shot. There's your intermediate shot. There's your check down. It was always there. Certain guys' skill set puts them in a position where they throw certain places. Brock Purdy stands in there, takes hits, throws the ball down the field. It's just where we're at after week two. So enjoy the ride. And I think you, no matter how this season ends, no matter how this season ends, you as a 49ers fan have to know that your culture, your roster is so good, is so deep, that this is a team that can compete and people are still scared of the 49ers and they're on their third quarterback. This is a testament to the team that you root for. It's okay to be excited, guys. It is okay to be excited. Yeah, and I think the closest thing I'll make to a comparison to the other two, I know I just said we shouldn't do it. The closest thing I'll make is you mentioned something about him, right? And he definitely had – I'm going to use the word poise. I'm going to use the word poise. He had a poise to him, a nice little quarterback hit word that I feel like we haven't seen from Niner quarterbacks in a while. Not Garoppolo, not Lance. I'll even go, not just to make it not about those two, I'll even go further and mention Mullins, Beathard, Hoyer, names before that. And, and he had it. And, Jason, you hit the nail on the head that these these throws have always been there. And, and it's almost like, because as I said, I was at the game last week. I got to see things downfield as they developed. It felt like he he didn't see a lot of deep shots against the Dolphins, even though they were there. It's almost as if Kyle Shanahan spent the entire week just saying, hey, trust what you see, because what you see is what's there. 
And, and it really felt like that's what happened. He he trusted that he had Ayuk wide open on that touchdown throw to a point where he could grossly underthrow, which is okay. I, I'm not complaining about the underthrow. I'm not. I'm just saying that's how open Ayuk was. Is when you get receivers that open, you get that wiggle room to miss a throw a little bit, right? And same thing with the McCaffrey play. He he has this. It, it's almost as if he knows he has a big phallic and he's walking around showing it off. Uh, so this is what we're doing. Andrew, I want to say something, and I want to get the people going, right? Because people don't like yes. balanced, level-headed takes. People like hyperbole and things that get people talking. Here's my question. Has Kyle found his Kirk? That's a, that's a March conversation, Jason. <laughs> that's a March conversation. Listen, it's very exciting to get that. It, it's very exciting to get the conversation going about and, – and, Jason, we've said it before. The best-case scenario out of this is we're having a debate in March about who the Niners' 2023 quarterback is, right? That's that's absolutely – no matter don't, – don't let the Trey Lance people or the Jimmy Garoppolo people tell you on Twitter that, oh, this is Lance's job. Oh, this is Garoppolo's job if he resigns. Let me say this. The best case scenario is we have that conversation, right? Let me say this. If somehow the 49ers are able to pull off this Super Bowl with Brock Purdy uh-huh. under under center, you should make a movie of it because the movie yes. would be too unbelievable. You know, uh-uh. really would have made sense. Just start with the sentence of it was two quarterbacks in camp and it was the mystery third that got the ring. Like, that, that right. alone. So – I would love to have that conversation if Brock Purdy decides to fuck around and get the 49ers to six. Yes. Yes. So my thing is let's hold off on all of that. Yes. Let's see how this goes again. It depends on your viewpoint. I'm a naturally optimistic person, even if I'm always angry and yelling, (laughs) But, but if we have this discussion. It's a good thing, right? Yes. And right now, I am just enjoying this team because I know the circumstances surrounding other NFL teams. If they were down to their third quarterback, it would it would be dire, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Jets had to put play Joe Flacco yesterday. Yes. It's not where you want to be as elite as he is. The San Francisco 49ers are so well built, so many playmakers, mm-hmm. such a good head coach such a good play designer that you can have this discussion. And I think that's where you should look. This season is fun. And no other team would be having this amount of fun if they weren't this well built. I think that's the the best part about all this. Yeah. And and I see a lot of people in the chat mentioning a name that we haven't talked about too much on the podcast. This is Uh, it. This is, this is, so this is it. Callie uh, says, uh, Jason, you see Kyle chopping it up with Purdy. Yeah. That was basically him telling him like, yo, I'm sorry. I called you Kirk. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, they say caption this. So that's, that's what I could come up with. It was a Kirk Cousins. Oh, my, my, mine was, uh, I responded to Angie's tweet with, so do you prefer Hemi Purdy or Brock Hemi? Because the guy seemed to just like saying the word Hemi. That, that was yeah. my caption. Did you see, um, see so hold on, hold on. So now that we're doing the, the phallic thing, right? Did you see yes. after, I believe after Purdy scored the, the rush touchdown? touchdown? George yeah. Kittle? George, George Kittle? Kittle? <laughs> oh, we love it. I hope, listen, I respectfully, I hope George Kittle gets fined for that. Just so the NFL has to make a statement trying to describe what. <laughs> and if and, and look, and for our viewers, 
or listeners that don't um, know what we're talking about. After Brock Purdy scores the rushing touchdown, George puts his arm between his leg. You know, I'm like really... elbow down, more or less. I just to give <laughs> you an idea of size we're implying. And here. look, this is a family show. I want I encourage fathers, mothers, if you're in the car with your kids, so you can listen to this. It's just I'm sorry, we're having we're having a a, a child moment right now. We're like having <laughs> hey, a child moment right now. I it's exciting though. Like it's a very exciting time. We we got the vibes. I, I mean, I even made the joke at the start before before everything started was uh, he, he's so confident in himself that he saw that the free runner was coming to get, get him the uh, free 15 yards, that he killed the opening play to get that play. So he's like, no, nah, I'll just take the free 15. I'll get blown up for the team, move forward. Uh, and, and he really showed that all game under pressure, seven for eight, 109 yards, two touchdowns, six first downs. Uh, the only incomplete pass he had under pressure was batted at the line. So yeah. – what what can't you say about Brock Purdy's performance yesterday? Uh, I guess I guess the only negative is he had one oh no no throw, so we can continue that trend. Uh, but it was canceled out by doesn't a count. penalty, so it doesn't happen. Doesn't Never count. happened. Doesn't count. So, Never happened. So so there there you guys go. There there's the quarterback position. Uh, I, I see a lot of people in the comments mentioning uh, Kyler went down Monday night, so that that's unfortunate. Uh, it I sounds like that. not a very good knee injury. But, uh, so, but. Arizona's been done. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I, like, mean, I hate that. I hate that. I don't want to see yes. anybody injured, but it's not like Arizona was coming and they were just like, you know, like Well, it is it, it is that it is that time of the season though, where if this is an ACL, potentially I I'm not I haven't seen the play, so I can't talk about it. Uh we could be talking about his twenty twenty three season being down as well. So well, it is I'm, that time of year. I'm fired up for Wednesday night then to watch hard knocks. I mean, I've been yeah. dialed in the entire time too, just because I love football and I love uh what they do. I don't like that for Kyler Murray, and I don't no. want any 49er fans lapping that up um, in any way because that's not cool. Um, the 49ers didn't need injuries to be better than the Cardinals. So um, no. there's that. Uh, running backs. You want to transition to the running back position? We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the two not named Debo Samuel. We'll touch on the Debo Samuel here at the end. Chris McCaffrey's a pretty good running back, Jason. Uh, I don't know if no. you know that. 119 rushing yards in the game. That was his most in the game since 2019. Four of his first five runs went for 10 yards or more. Our guy Kyle Posey on Twitter, 41% of his runs since week 10 have gone for 15-plus yards, which I don't know if that's good or not, Jason. It sounds good. Christian McCaffrey is very good, and that's all I really have on McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, look. Sticking my neck out there, I know saying Christian McCaffrey's really good at football, but like, ugh, hot takes here on the podcast. My thing is, is all the pushback on you know what? Oh, all right, here let's let's talk about this. All the pushback on the trade. Oh my God, how could you trade all of these guys da, 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 for Christian McCaffrey? And clearly, he's not just here to win games in December, where we are. But with him fully ingrained into the offense, this team hasn't lost a game. I would like to ask people who are so concerned with losing Jeff Wilson. What happened? Jeff Wilson's injured again. And I don't like to lap that up. Um, You didn't like the idea of the San Francisco 49ers trading an undrafted free agent and getting a draft pick in which – in a round in which they – 
have found George Kittle and Talano Hufunga in? And not only that, but he asked for the trade. My thing is, be careful what you're outraged about. That was never something that I was, oh, my God, what are they doing? What no, are they doing? Made sense. So for me, it's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here with this Jeff Wilson thing? The guy, his, he contributed yesterday. He fumbled the ball for Tyreek Hill to run it in for a touchdown. Shout out to the Miami Dolphins. That's inventiveness on the yeah. part of the Miami Dolphins the, uh, offense also, by the way. That's that's like pure inventiveness. It's the newest shit I've ever seen. Fumble the ball and just make sure Tyreek Hill picks it up and runs it in. A good offense. Honestly, touch one for one on the year. But in a week that I'm taking L's because of my Brock Purdy takes, which I've apologized for, and I'm not doing again, No, I'd like to take a victory lap. Why on earth wouldn't you move an undrafted free agent for a draft pick? That is good business. You do that 100 out of 100% of times. It makes no sense. It's great business. And the 49ers looked out for Jeff Wilson. So, and the 49ers haven't lost a game since they traded Jeff Wilson. No. Not losing one. The rest of the Tevin Coleman's back, baby. We're good. <laughs> We good over here on this side. <laughs> hey, hey, Jared McKinnon had a big game as well. Come on, yo. Man. I know he's. I know he's a chief. Yo, yo. Love can we? Can we, can we talk? Can we talk? Oh, we we got Jared McKinnon to talk. Who else had the QB, big day yesterday? There's so QB to QB one. Um, like literally that pass to Jared McKinnon. Oh, you thought I forgot? You thought I was feeling you? No, no, no. I want. I, I want. I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention Panay Sewell yesterday. Well, Benay was, Sewell caught a shout pass out, shout out we, might, we might talk about the Lions at the very end here. Uh, but, yeah, no, so so Christian McCaffrey, very good. You mentioned the point of them trading Jeff Wilson. And people seem to forget whose offense this is. If if, if Kyle Shanahan can turn Jeff Wilson into a fifth-round pick, what can he do with uh, Jordan Mason? Mason didn't get his first touch until the 944 mark in the third quarter. He finished with 11 carries for 56 yards. Like, like that's, that's, that's in my mind, that's why the Jeff Wilson trade made sense is a lot of people, Jason Aponte included, have been hyping up Jordan Mason all season. He's good. You would have Debo Samuel, right? Which, which obviously we'll talk about that here in a minute. And you have Christian McCaffrey. You're trying to tell me that, that if he can turn Raheem Mostert into what he did, and he can turn Jeff Wilson to what he did, why can't he do that for Jordan Mason as well? Kyle's got to do the Panay Sewell with Trent. He's tried that. Not the throw, but he's done the in-motion thing. I love that. Uh, Um, If Trent William catches a pass, America wins. America wins. I feel like Trent Williams, he's got to be – I would say a touchdown reception would be sick, but Panay Sewell, like, catching the, like, game-sealing first down, like – that's that's amazing. That's fun with this when in itself. So the Niners run game as a whole had a very good game. Average 5.8 rush yards per carry. I'll mention that later when we talk about the offensive linemen. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Debo Samuel play. The Niners absolutely catch a break. It is a, I believe, a strained or sprained. I get those words mixed up all MCL. the time. MCL. He's gonna be back by the Raider game. So so obviously the injury wasn't as bad as it appeared. And, and there was some controversy. I'm not going to say con. There was no controversy. There was tweets that were thrown out there. People seemed to want to blame Kyle Shanahan. Jerry Rice said something that was factually incorrect on a few levels, that Jimmy Trey and Samuel got hurt on inside runs when realistically one of them did. My thing is, is people trying to blame Kyle Shanahan on this. 
this for for running up 21 and I, I don't think this is the point i tried to make yesterday jason and I, I don't know if you can tell i'm a lot better when i get a day to organize my thoughts everybody going is on three seconds right after everybody the game, is is, everybody is samuel fumbles the ball the buccaneers get the ball into niners territory deep into i think they got to the 20 and they they, they turn it over on downs if samuel fumbles that ball doesn't get injured Obviously, that's a big part of this. And Tampa Bay goes down and scores. It's a 21 to 7 game going nearly into the half. I know, obviously, the Ayuk touchdown happened before halftime, so maybe it's 28 to 7. I just don't know what world we are in where there's even a conversation, like even even a joke. Like I like I like to take I like to make joke, and I would never joke about an injury, so this isn't my area. I, I like to joke about things. But at what point does a 21-0 lead in the second quarter against Tom Brady? Not even like you could even take Tom Brady out of the discussion. At what point is a 21-0 no. lead in the second quarter time to call off the dogs? And, Andrew, and that's my question. Andrew, I do think that a lot of the anxiety only being up 21 and nothing has a lot to do with Tom Brady. Remember last podcast, you mentioned 28 to 3, and I said, bro, what are you doing? Like, why would you even say that? Right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. If on the other side of it is 21 nothing and you're facing the Washington Commanders, you're good. I think you're good. You're yeah. fine. But I think it's what you're talking about. Um, it's not an inside run. It was cut no. inside. He cut um, inside. You want to – some people are going to say, hey, Kyle Shanahan took his foot off the, 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 the gas pedal. Like he normally does it to half. If Jordan Mason ran the ball one, two, three times for one or two, three yard gains and they punted, you would say Kyle took his foot off the gas. This is a tough week for the Kyle haters. Yeah. It just is. Because now you are running out of everything. And Tarverius Jerry Rice was wrong on everything. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get hurt running up the middle. Wrong. That wasn't an inside run for Debo Samuel. Wrong. Jerry Rice be off the Henny during the games. There's a meme of it. In a lot of 49ers. Yeah, there very much is. In the 49er fans, the 49er fans that watch this show, I'm not trying to tell you to stop drinking during games. Yes. What I'm pushing back on are two things. One. You have run out of things to criticize Kyle Shanahan for. Over 500, winning games with a backup quarterback, fourth down, putting his foot on the gas pedal, putting the ball in his best player's hands. By the way, Debo Samuel got paid doing exactly what he did on that carry. Okay? Yeah. Then everybody who tells you, well, he played you, you know more than him. Here's my pushback. You know more than the play caller? You know more than the front office. You know more than the head coach. Jerry Rice was was wrong. It hurts me. This is my Nino Brown yes, about to shoot do. about to shoot G Money in New, in New Jack City with tears in his eyes. This is my moment. That's my goal. My favorite yes. player of all time. But he yes. was dead ass wrong. My problem yes. is this: you have too big of a platform to be wrong, to be wrong and loud like that. You have too big of a platform. Jerry Rice, I love you, buddy, but God damn, you got it all wrong. Yeah. All of it. When did Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt running up the middle? Yeah. That wasn't an inside run. Yeah. 
So my thing is, when people tell you, oh, do you know better than a player? Okay, he has an informed opinion. But that implies that you know better than the guys who are running the team and the play callers, and both are incorrect. So don't tell me that. I love you, Jerry Rice, but you got to lay off the henny during the games, bro. Chill out, man. Like, for you to run an Instagram and do that, it only amplified people that were already angry during the game. I don't get that. I don't understand that portion of it. Jerry Rice, you're the GOAT. Nobody is gonna nobody's gonna dispute that. But I just want to tell our listeners, football players get it fucked up too. They do. Yeah. They played, they have an informed opinion. But there are so many football players that give out bad takes. I mean, Emmanuel Acho is no, out that's, here. That's every, what I was gonna say. People Emmanuel are... Acho's out here every yeah. single day on a big platform who used to play football. Shady McCoy is awful at what he does. There are football players who have played this game, have been at the highest of levels that absolutely stink talking about this game. And yet, when it confirms your priors or your confirma- confirmation bias is a hell of a thing, I'm not going to argue with Jerry Rice. Well, Jerry Rice said the sky's orange. The sky's blue. Jerry Rice was wrong. I I, I just didn't. like, and, and, and I wasn't fully paying attention, but... I didn't see anybody complain about the inside run that Christian McCaffrey had that went for 38 yards to put the 49ers up 35 to nothing after the Debo Samuel injury. I I, I didn't see any complaints on that. Hold up. And let me push back a little bit more. It was cool when Debo Samuel was running inside runs Mm -hmm. to send you to LA for the NFC title game on Mm -hmm. third and eight while he was injured. And Kyle Shanahan knows that the best way, right? The best way is to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. I love Jordan Mason, but are you are you meaning to tell me that you believe that Jordan Mason has a better chance of hitting a home run on a run than Debo Samuel? Yes. I don't think that's true. So he didn't take his foot off the gas. He wanted to put up more points. And he tried to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. He made Mm -hmm. a decision to run inside on an outside zone. And unfortunately, you know another thing, guys? It's football. It's a physical sport. Guys get hurt. Guys get hurt. It happens. So, again, one last thing before I pass it to Andrew. Yes. It's more about you're running out of things to criticize Kyle Shanahan for. Yes. And now you need to have this be that. And I think the question that needs to be asked to yourself, like you got to look yourself in the mirror, like point at yourself. Do I hate Kyle Shanahan? Do I not like Kyle Shanahan? And you have to have that talk with yourself, not me. Because right now, Kyle Shanahan, all this season has done, has stomped out every single narrative for every single anti-Kyle Shanahan person. Yes. And, and, and what's going to stink is we, we have this kind of trend that's developed the past couple of years is when the Niners inevitably start 4-4 four and four next season, people are going to be making the same complaints about Kyle Shanahan when the, the slow starts seem to be a trend because the Niners now remember remember when everybody was panicking about four and four earlier this season what's the record now is it nine and four Something. so so and, and it's the same thing as last year they started three and five and and, and they, they did what they did so Kyle Shanahan I, I think it's time we kind of push that back stop blaming Shanahan for things because I think he's a very good coach I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and, and Kyle's not going anywhere get used to it and Kyle's not going anywhere 
anymore. So, so, so there it is, Jason. We are at 30 minutes. We're at the running backs. So we love it. There's a lot of good conversation coming from this game yesterday. Good time to remind people that if you're new to the channel, subscribe to Jason Aponte's YouTube channel. It is a great channel. It's a great Christmas present. Wrap it, you know, give it to significant others, whatever it may be. Also, subscribe to the Straight Red Option podcast. You can find that anywhere you get your podcast, including Amazon Podcasts now because – I clicked the link and it posted there. So there you go. So if you guys want to download our podcast anywhere you can find the Sprint Red Option podcast, now's a great time. I don't have much on the receivers, Jason. I am just here to continue my Brandon Ayuk propaganda. He is the best receiver on the 49ers. Evo Samuel is the best offensive weapon. Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver. Let's not get the trips twisted. I get it. Uh, he had a 14.7 A dot yesterday on three targets. A dot for the kids out there. That is average depth of target. That is his second highest since week one when he had 19.3 yards per yard uh, average uh, average depth of target uh, against the Bears. That was on three targets. And for those of you saying, well, look what happens when Trey Lance is in the offense. His third highest A dot was actually 14.1 in week three against the Broncos on eight targets. So, I, my point is, Debo, or Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk is very good. He's Niners' best receiver. And just to give you the context of how much I trust Brandon Ayuk, I, I, the player I look, because when the Niners come out of the huddle, the only player I look for where he is is Brandon Ayuk, mainly because he's the easiest one to find because you have guys like Debo Samuel who he'll be in the slot, he'll be outside, he'll be at running back. Christian McCaffrey, he'll be all over the place. Brandon Ayuk is the only guy where like I'm like, okay, here's where he is. And on his touchdown pass, I saw him at the top. I saw the one-on-one -on -one coverage. And the second Purdy released the ball, because you know how when they move the camera on deep passes, there's always that be there, like be there, be there. That's your thought. In my head, the second Purdy released that ball, it was, oh, he's got him. Because literally every time, and I tried to find separation stats. NFL doesn't track it unless you get five targets. Next gen stats. Well, I tried to. I tried to find what it was yesterday. They only track it if you get five targets. I learned that. Ah, that's why. Okay, good call. Yeah, I tried to find it. They had Kittle, but not Ayuk. And it just continues this this thought I've had of every time Brandon Ayuk is targeted, he's wide open. And yes, I know sometimes he has those tight throws where he does out physical cornerbacks. But I would say, uneducated guess, 85% of the time if he's being targeted, he's wide open. So there's my little five-minute spiel on why Brandon Ayuk's the best receiver yeah, I mean, he's the king of two catches and having them be impactful, one of them be yes. a touchdown, right? Like, uh, but yeah, I think I think you're starting to see it. Um, there's route separation, all of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to a point where the 49ers have the perfect complement of weapons, mm -hmm. meaning you have your separator, receiver, receiver type like Brandon Ayuk, you have your offensive weapon, you have another offensive weapon, which you know, this is something that was spoken about in our group chat, but, you know, and Jordan's the one who, you know, brought this up, and I don't want you to come for Jordan. I think it's just a really good point. If there was ever a time to offset the loss of Debo Samuel, it's with Christian McCaffrey now at this point, right? This yeah. this would look a lot worse if Christian McCaffrey wasn't here, right? Yes. Now, he's – it seems that he's avoided season-ending injury, but Christian McCaffrey – is about to pass Roger Craig. I just sent out the stat. Pass Roger Craig for most receptions by a running back in his first six years. And he's missed almost uh, two years uh, due to injury. Worth a game, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's the perfect complement of weapons. Brandon Ayuk's your route runner. 
Debo Samuel is your ball, uh, your guy with the ball in space. George Kittle is your guy who can get separation and can get yards up. Like all of them fit. They all fit perfectly. And again, this goes back to there's no way that you're on your third quarterback and people are still afraid of you. No way, man. No chance. But this is the 49ers. This is how they're built. Their playmakers are here to the playmakers were brought here to make everything easy for whoever the quarterback was. Trey Lance, Jimmy yes. Garoppolo, any anybody. So this is where we are. So yeah, yeah. like right now, Brandon Ayuk is the best wide receiver on this team, but they all complement each other in a way that makes sense. And that's why everybody's still so excited. That's why the 49ers keep winning games. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the defense yet. Yeah, no, and, and that's what we're working our ways. So you mentioned Kittle really quick. I just want to touch on Kittle. Five targets. He had seven the last two weeks combined. So another one of those games where he just kind of randomly popped. They tried to get him involved early. I like they tried to get him going early. But also, like, also, too, that's what happened. Like, when you take a 28 nothing lead, when players get going early, and you just kind of stop using them. That's what happened. It is what it is. He probably has more targets than five. I mean, the receivers all have a better game if they're not winning 28 nothing. That is what it is. Uh, offensive line, I only have a handful of notes on him. If you want to specifically call anybody out, Jason, I'll obviously give you your, your, your minute. Six pressures allowed on 23 dropbacks. Purdy had a relatively clean pocket all game. Zero sacks allowed. Purdy, very mobile. That helps. Like, like I, I don't want to, like, I, I, this is, and I know we're talking offensive line, but I feel like if you take Trey Lance and you take Jimmy Garoppolo and average him out, like Brock Grace, he had, and I'm not saying he's as mobile as Trey Lance because he's definitely not, but he has that mobility that we've been talking about where, hey, mobile quarterback isn't a, or sorry, Mobile quarterback isn't a quarterback you expect to run the ball like right. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I consider Aaron Rodgers a mobile quarterback, right? Like that type of thing. Brock Purdy, very mobile in the pocket, definitely helps the offensive line. And I, I really think the biggest stat of the game for the offensive line, I mentioned it earlier, 5.8 yards per, per attempt on rushing on the ground. The Niners offensive line just kicked the Buccaneers' ass yesterday. That's really the best yeah. way I could say it. Jason, I'll give you your minute before we, we move on to the defense. I'll let you talk any offensive line that you want. Yeah, and it also helped that Vita Vea got injured in this game mm-hmm. early on, man. That was yes. such a big thing, man. I was scared all I was scared all week about Vita Vea. I, I wrote about it on on NinersNation.com. I, I don't know if you guys know um Andrew and I write for them. Um yeah. but that was my X factor was the interior O line because Vita Vea can destroy games. You know, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but Chris Jones, Grady Jarrett, like we have examples of of inside guys doing that. When he left. It, it felt a little bit better, but I think Andrew's right in terms of giving credit to Brock Purdy for, one, standing in there and taking some shots in this shots. game, man. Oh, my God. And standing in there and throwing the ball and delivering it. And also, again, I, I love what Andrew said about mobile. Navigating the pocket is necessary is, – is mobile. doesn't mean you want to run. It's about navigating the pocket and still looking down the field. I think that a lot of people get mobile and running quarterback mixed up, but he does feel a little bit more mobile in in the way that where he like slips by, he lets a guy fly right by him, and then he throws the ball. That was probably his best throw of the day, and it was nothing more than a nine yard catch to uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah. So, yes, the offensive line played well, um, but Brock Purdy deserves a lot of credit for one standing in there, delivering the ball while taking a hit, and also being able to avoid those hits to keep drives going. So I thought the offensive line did fine. Um, I don't have anybody necessarily to call out. Burford did get the start as, you know, Brunskill started last week. So we still had this 
platoon back and forth at right guard. I mean, I'm not going to argue with it since it's working. Um, I just has anybody asked questions about like why this is the the reason that it's happening? Um, but but what I don't think there's an answer. Yeah, I, I, but whatever. But as of right now, you know, I think, you know, when you have a quarterback who is operating the offense in this way, when you're able to run the ball the way that you did, Christian McCaffrey had a, a baller game. Um, the offensive line kind of falls into line there with it. So, yeah, I mean, give him credit. But I think there's some more credit that goes to Brock Purdy. So they're an offensive line solid, not nothing really to shout out. So so that, I think that's the best way to describe that game yesterday for them. They were solid, but Purdy is pretty good. Yeah, I say, hey, let's wow. go to the defensive line. I hate that. Yeah, I hate. I, I hate I, why'd you do that? I hate Purdy. Good. I hate Mr. Relevant. I hate Mr. Irrelevant. We need to come up with a better nickname. Hold on, but you know, all right. So, what's your favorite Brock Purdy name? The, the NSFW ones, but like, I, I, Not like, mine. we need, we need, we need, like, what's your favorite? What's is there one I haven't heard? Is that NS? Is it? Is the the one referring to the gun NSFW? Ooh, the, the the Glock thirteen. I, I like, like Glock Purdy. Glock thirteen. I, I I do want to get I, I do want to get Hemi Purdy going just because it's fun. Uh, that's it's it's not a good one. I, like I'll say it's not fun. I just <laughs> it's I just like good. when when Trey Lance takes over next year, it'll be Hemi Lance, or when Tom Brady takes over, it'll be Hemi Brady. Like I just think it'll be uh, what? continuity. Is, you know, is is that why Tom Brady was so nice to all the four? By the way, John, Tom Brady looked so nice yesterday. He was so happy to be there. By the way. Shout out to Shout Tom out, Brady. Yeah. And the 49ers, after the game, completely fanboyed out. I hope you guys were able to watch that video that NFL Films put out. It's on Inside the NFL, which is on Paramount+. Plus. I don't know why I'm promoting this. I'm just telling you that's where you'd find it. I asked Paramount+. Plus. So yeah, you, you've got Aaron, Aaron Banks, Jawan Jennings, Spencer Burford, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, George Kittle, Brock Purdy, all these guys after they absolutely demolished the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running up to Tom Brady and acting like fanboys in the same way that I would if the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game was there in front of me. And Tom Brady was nice enough to hang out with guys, sign their autographs. He signed Drake Greenlaw's interception ball. That's a class act. Um, and you know, people are making a joke. He's trying to be nice to his, his well, future teammates, you know. Like what I found, what I found funny about that video is it opens up with Brock Purdy going like, "Hey, where's where's Tom at? Where's, where's Tom, Tom Brady? I, I don't know where he is." But then uh, he was the one that was like least excited to see him. He was very professional. Everybody else was like, "Hey, man, you're my favorite. I love you. Be my best friend." And Brock was just like, "Hey, good game. I beat you. Sucks for you, right?" And that's really all it was. I, I thought energy. it was funny. It's energy. It's, it's 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 BDE. Dare I say? Hey, let's Here talk about the defensive line. I so the Niners I, it really stick in my neck out here once again. The defensive line is pretty good, and really to put it in context, is I felt like they were the best unit on the defense yesterday. Uh, they didn't they didn't sack Brady once, but they did create nineteen pressures. And I saw Lombardi tweet this. I looked at it earlier and I had it written down before Lombardi. I just didn't tweet it. So please credit Lombardi. He tweeted it. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, Lombardi. If you look at the did you did you look at the breakdown of the pressures? Uh I didn't. Omenahue, Al Shair, Bosa, Ebukam, Willis, McGill, Armstead, and Hyder all had two pressures each. Wow. So 19 pressures and 
16 of them were split up between eight different players. That's just, and I, I know, I know it gets a little easier to do that with, you know, the end of the game, backups coming in more, blah, blah, blah. Just consistency. Everybody, and that's that's the other side of the conversation, right, uh, of the Debo thing, to bring it back, is, like, when I list that, these names, Omenihue, Alshair, Bosa, Abukam, Willis, McGill, Armstead, Hyder, who are you throwing out there in garbage time? Because all of them have a role on this defense, right? Andrew, but hold on, Andrew. Yeah. You've got to take everybody out and just bring in all new people because you have a hundred people on your. I was roster. I was sitting in section one hundred and five last week. They could have pulled me in, you know. Oh right, you can so, only have forty-seven active. Yes, on so, so that, that's the other point I wanted to make on the Debo side of it. Like, who who do you pick to eat? The, like, obviously, I think there's a couple names that stand out, but even then, like all of them have roles. Uh, I, I did mention Drake Jackson. I think he had a pressure. He had and a bad pass. pass knockdown. Well, so so that that's the stat I was going to. He had a batted pass. That was his fourth batted pass on the season, according to Pro Football Focus. Kevin Givens is second on the team with one, and those are the only two Niners with batted passes this season. He has eighty percent of the Niners' batted passes this season. This team got a first round talent in the second round, and is showing incredible instincts because he knows he's not going to get to the quarterback and is able to track where the ball is and knock it down, which is a skill all in its own. <laughs> this is what we're talking about when we say that this team is so deep. Guys that are second and third string for the San Francisco 49ers start on your team. C, key, comma, Arden. The man literally got paid by the Jacksonville Jaguars just being over here, right? Kerry Hyder. Had his best season ever, left, came right back. This is, again, the roster that's built, the culture that's here, the coaching. You know, D'Amico Rise is leaving. He better not take Chris Kosarek with him. (laughs) By the way, really, really, really quick, just throwing this out there. I love the tweets that happen before I wake up and I go through them. And some of them are very obvious from Schefter and Rappaport that are just like, I I need to get a tweet quota. Because I think it was Schefter that tweeted, like, D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, is probably going to be a head coach next year, which means that would be three years in a row of a Niners assistant. It's like, thank you, Schefter. Thank you. Like, 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 thank you. Whoa. I mean, that's high-level stuff. That's high-level stuff right there. Yeah, that's high-level stuff right there. But – there is more – this is the thing. The roster building in itself is draft picks. It's your undrafted free agents. And the coaching thing, if you do it the right way that the 49ers have done it, you recoup picks. This is going to be the third minority coach that is going to be hired because Salah McDaniel and Ryans. And you get picks for that. I hate that policy. Because it incentivizes, it incentivizes something that should be regular. The best man, regardless of color, creed, anything, should get the job. But the 49ers have done a masterful job of not only finding undrafted free agents that don't just play for the team, they contribute, but having a farm system of coaches in which every single year NFL teams are looking to you for the next guy. 
And all that does is reward the 49ers with third-round picks. Mm-hmm. Now, third-round picks are very valuable. Sorry, Ty Davis Price. This isn't, you know, this isn't about you or anything like that. But most of the time, they're they're very much valuable. Yes. This team right now, what they're doing, what they built, how they're building. It's a masterclass right now in how to build a loaded roster. And that's what should have everyone excited about this team. That's the reason this team is so scary, even with Brock Purdy. Because they've done this for years and years and years. It didn't show in the beginning. Didn't show in the beginning. It takes a while. Rome wasn't built in a day. No. But this is why Kyle's not going anywhere. John's not going anywhere. Unless, you know, he wants to. They have built something that other teams aspire to build. And it's done through a multitude of ways. Not only through coaching and, and, and recouping those picks. But for every time they miss on a pick, there's an undrafted free agent that they have yes. signed that is able to play. Like or it's a fifth round pick. We're so lucky. We are so lucky to watch a team that is able to do this year after year after year. Organization. This is a far cry from what it used to be. So I think we should all be excited about that. And, and I mean, what's to say? You know, two years ago it was Salah. Last year it's McDaniel. This year it's Ryan's. Next year, like. But the way it is, Brian Greasy, like, like, like the 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 way that Greasy's Niners gonna get an OC job somewhere. Exactly, and, and, and then we, I tried to mention it during Purdy. I saw a lot of people mentioning him. He he deserves a ton of credit as well. So yeah, the Niners are a machine that, like, like the way they've been run the past few years, even with people trying to put Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat. I, I feel like a lot of teams look at this coaching staff and how they churn out the talent and, and say, man, we wish we had this. And Sin, absolutely correct point. Managers doing something for coaching diversity that the league should be doing. And, and I, I, I'm not going to even pretend to get the specifics of what they do. So, so yes, absolutely. I, I don't know how they do it, but they just constantly do it. And, and that's why, to me, Kyle Shanahan will never be on the hot seat until, like, the wheels, like, like the wheels absolutely have to fall. For, for Shanahan to be on the hot seat. So so th- there's that, Jason. You said everything that needed to be said about the Miko Ryans and just the offensive line as well. Let's get to the linebackers. Linebackers? Did I apologize to Drake Greenlaw last Have week? Have we apologized about Drake? Because we'll, we'll do it every week until until people take it seriously. Because we, we, he he's been unbelievable. And a little bit with, like, the Fred Warner aspect of, like, growing up with Patrick Willis, right? And I'm not – not comparing either name to Patrick Willis. Stop typing. I'm not comparing either to Patrick Willis. But growing up watching Patrick Willis, the thing that always stood out to me is he's in on every play, right? And it's something you've heard me say about Fred Warner. And to me, that's how I kind of judge how good a linebacker is. If I see them on every play, yeah, dude, we'll just keep apologizing. Listen, if the, if, if the Spirit Red Option podcast just turns into us apologizing to every player, I would, I'd be okay with it. And also – if the Spring Ride Option podcast turns into something where we have to talk down on players to get the most out of them, then I'm with I'm not, it. I'm not against it. I'm with it. I'll take yeah. the L's if the team takes W's. Exactly. I, absolutely. I would gladly take L's. So, yeah. So, to the point I'm making, Dre Greenlaw has gotten to that point where I feel like every time 
every time there's a play to be made, he's in there. I mean, 15 tackles yesterday. He has 100 tackles on the season. I wanted to look it up and see uh, when the last time the Niners had two 100-plus tacklers on the same defense. Sadly, Axel, it's only about players who actually play. And yeah, he's got to play. In front of them. Hey, now look, if something, God forbid, happens to someone else and he has to play – for sure, but no. yeah, they will, 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 when Ambry Thomas gets on the field, we'll slander him. He'll 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 yeah. turn it around. I promise. <laughs> uh, but Dre Dre Greenlaw, fifteen tackles. I tried to look up the last time the Niners had a pair of hundred plus tacklers, and I got the last year. I forgot Aziz got to hundred, so that that was just a waste of my time. But but Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, also very good. He had the interception. You mentioned the autograph he got from Brady, which. Like I, I I understand because it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady, right? You understand Tom Brady that like Brady understands that that's going to be a Greenlaw family heirloom for the next thousands of years. New pod, thank you, Paul. The L cast, thank you. Yeah, I, I I'd be okay with it on it. See, wait, you know, else. all right. So Andrew, real quick, we we can admit we're wrong. No, but Andrew, the best part about Twitter, YouTube is what is people don't rush to you when you get it right. They rush to you when you get it wrong. So this is a thankless business. It's a thankless business. Because if I say something that comes to fruition, nobody's re- pulling up my tweets and saying, yeah. yo, Jay said this, this, and this, or they're pulling up the YouTube clips when I but when you get it wrong. Yes. Oh, everybody is back I, on that. So although I'm thing- kind of I, I it, it is kind of an electric because it doesn't happen to me too often. And I forget who it was, but it was kind of an electric feeling last week to look at my phone, see somebody tweeted at Jason Aponte, at Pasquini Andrew, apologize to Purdy. It's like, man, that's kind of a fun electric feeling to like get that. Like people care enough about my opinion. But, but, <laughs> all right, look, look, I've apologized to Purdy. I've apologized to Purdy. Okay. But what I saw in training camp is not the player that's playing today. And. If you believe that that was going to happen, great on you. But let's not sit here and act like like I saw a tweet saying that Purdy was the best in camp. That's wrong. That, yeah, that that's is not wrong. That is yeah. wrong. But there were moments where Purdy looked good. Yes. But that guy that I saw in camp is not the guy that just demolished the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, and no, that's credit he, to him. He's grown. And as, that's credit as, to him. As Fred Warner said, he's gotten to play the best defense in the NFL for 12 weeks now. That's credit to him. That yeah. is credit to him. That is all credit to him. And I'll take my L on this. That's fine. I dug in on my stance that I didn't want to see Purdy play. Fine. I'm wrong. 100%. Yeah. I like being wrong. When it I means love being that, wrong. When it means that my team is winning games. <laughs> I'm 100% good with the L's. I'm fine with yes. it. Yes. And buckle up, folks. I don't seem like I'm going anywhere anytime soon, so I'll have more wrong takes. We will absolutely else. have more wrong takes. And like, we'll have right takes. It's not it's our not goal is it. to entertain you guys. Right. That's and all we're my thing is when you have to have a take about everything, you are going to get things wrong. But people don't run to you when you get it right. They run to you when you get it wrong. That's it. That's it. I got it wrong. Shout out to Brock Purdy. Thank you, Brock Purdy. You have made this season great. Keep going, Andrew. We're talking about Drake Greenlaw. My brain had to like switch so, gears. So no, so look, so again. No, no, I know, three, I know what you're saying. I just had to yeah, switch my gears back to linebacker. We I'll try to we, give you a whole take on Brock Purdy. 
No, we had a we had a criticism of Drake Greenlaw. Yes, he's cleaned it up. He's definitely cleaned it up. He he's gotten better in the run game. He's 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 really looked. I'll put it like this: He looks like the linebacker people pretended he was in 2019 after his play at the goal line. And he was good in 2019. He had a rough 2020. He had an injury riddle 2021. There definitely were questions, and and he has answered all. I mean, a hundred tackles on a season doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what? What he's done in pass coverage. I know he got targeted like I think thirteen times. He had eleven receptions allowed, but no really big plays. He isn't getting burnt. He's keeping things around him. I think he had a sixty uh, passer rating against. What? 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 Drake Law has been this season, and, and and I'll continue to say it is really established the Niners linebacking core is the best linebacking core in the NFL. Let me take this real quick. Um, but all I hear is Kyle don't coach up the quarterback. So Jason, if Purdy wasn't looking like this in training camp, then Kyle can definitely coach quarterbacks. I think we never had that. Yeah, we never had that take. And I think I think what needs to be added in the context of Purdy, and we need to get back to the linebackers. I don't we, I don't want to make this about him. But there were days where Brock Purdy got three reps, yeah. two reps. Oh, I no reps, right? Like they like they were just it there were days that Nate Sudfeld looked better than Purdy. Um, I can only give you what was being seen right then. If someone wants to project going forward, good on them. I'm not in the business of that because I feel like it blows up in your face. But here we are, and everything's blown up in my face. I can only go off what I've seen. There were days where Purdy absolutely controls situational drills. He looked good. There were days where Purdy threw head-scratching interceptions. And I was like, I couldn't believe. I was just like, why are we using these reps? Give him the tray. Like, give him the tray. Trey's the starter. Give him the tray. Give him the tray. Like, I think a little bit of my my issue, my issue, and this is what I'm trying to learn. I'm evaluating players now. I'm I'm, I'm asked for my opinion. This is the first time in my life that this has ever happened outside of, like, a barbershop, right? Yes. My issue is – is I want to trade to get as many reps as possible because Trey was a starter and I want to trade to continue to yes. like that's my frustration with Brock Purdy in training camp was one, he would only get one or two or reps or whatever. And mm-hmm. then sometimes I would feel like, okay, you're giving too many reps to this guy. Where's the reps for Trey Lance? And I want to see that because I need him to grow. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. But again, I'm glad to be wrong. I'm glad to be wrong. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. And in my thing, like the day I went, I was trying to find the notes I had. I can't find them right now. But the day I went, like the eight minute periods, it would be five plays for Lance, three for Sudfeld, one for Purdy. And they'd rotate through. Wake up, honey. Uh, new Sudfeld dart. That new was not, Sudfeld that's not a meme. That's not a meme. Some yes. of the best throws that we saw, and this includes yes. Trey Lance, yes. on certain days, Sudfeld we're from Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so, absolutely. So, yes, Purdy. This podcast was wrong. We're okay with being wrong. It's okay. What Jason saw on camp is totally different than what we're seeing now. And that's just the fact of it. Let's – linebackers. I'm, I'm going to put a self-imposed until three stars, no Brock Purdy conversation. There we go. Boom. Done. We're going to move away from until three stars. We can't have a three stars conversation without mentioning Brock Purdy. Done. Uh, but Drake Greenlaw is very good. Drake Greenlaw is very good. We apologize for that as well. Another thing. I'm sorry, Drake Greenlaw. On. Sorry, Drake uh, I Greenlaw. Love we I love your velvet do-rag. Please don't <laughs> – you know, please don't hurt me if you see me at camp again. So, 
But there it is, man. And, and that's that. Linebackers look very good. We'll be quick. We're almost at an hour, so we'll be quick on the secondary. As no, we well. won't. No, we I won't. Got, well, I, I, I'll be quick on the secondary, and I'll let you go. I A name that doesn't get mentioned too often on this podcast and one that doesn't get mentioned too frequently on 49ers Twitter, Deshaun Gibson. Interception yesterday. I like Huge. It. We love that. I feel like a lot of the love goes to Talanoa Hufanga, which well-deserved. But I, I really think the biggest compliment you can make on Deshaun Gibson's season is he is good enough at safety. The Niners are comfortable keeping Jimmy Ward at the slot. And Jimmy Ward's been very good at slot corner as well. So, so Deshaun Gibson's made this defense a little more flexible. So I, I do want to give him his flowers because, I honestly, this might be the longest we've talked about him on this yeah. podcast in 15 and, and that's on us obviously but on the same time i don't think a lot of people have talked about his impact so i want to give him his credit diamond Lenore is another that like a lot of people talk about i know he got hurt yesterday um his eyes he's, he's really yeah he's gonna be fine he's really good as well like this niner secondary has just turned into this this wagon almost so i that's really all i had on the secondary i wanted to keep it quick but jason i'll give you what you want to say on the secondary and then we'll move to uh, excuse me, I'm burping. I'm drinking carbonated yeah. water. Uh, I'll, we'll get to the three stars. Jimmy fucking Ward. Now, look, I have been a proponent of I don't like him being in the slot because it doesn't feel like he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I want to credit Jimmy Ward for mm-hmm. not only knowing that this move to the slot would cost him money in the free safety market, but right now, he is playing some of his best football out of this yeah. spot. What is it? 3.3 yards per target. He had the highest for any slot cornerback um, grade. Uh, thank you, PFF. I love this when it backs up my point. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and if you say something that goes against me, then, you, you know. You, you know, pretty proud of us because I think that's the first time. We used to make that joke a lot last year. I think this is the first time we made that joke this season. Yeah. So so I like, I like when – my eyes line up with what PFF said. Jimmy Ward has three interceptions this season. He had zero the last four seasons. He has been playing such good football out of the slot. I am so happy for him. This is why I can question. We ask questions. They know better. Jimmy Ward is playing great football right now out of the slot. His flexibility, his impact in the run game is absolutely felt week after week and you mentioned to sean gibson i wanted jimmy ward to replace to sean gibson but jimmy ward right now is playing Mm -hmm. football that is amazing when you consider where he's being played where he's being played what he's asked to be you know to do i'm so proud of jimmy ward man i am so proud of him man and you know what man if god forbid you're not here next year you deserve your money. You deserve your flowers. You have been nothing but a consummate teammate, professional, and you continue to show that this year. Jimmy Ward is balling, and I want to make sure everybody knows that because nobody is talking about that right now. And I was one of the earliest people that said, I don't want him in the slot because he's too no. good at what he does at free safety. But look at him getting into his groove and playing as well as he did. Shout out to Jimmy Ward, man. And I hope you're here forever. Yeah, we, we've watched him in front of our eyes, more so you than me, because, you know, you watch the film a little more than I do, but we've watched him relearn the slot cornerback position. 
there were slight concerns when he started this season. And those, those have been absolutely worked out. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy you took that minute to talk about Jimmy Ward and what he's done in the slot because it was, especially with, because the idea was, you know, throughout the whole season, it was Ward, Mosley, and then ideally, you know, Samuel Womack, Diameter, Lenore, whoever it was. And then when one injury happens, you kind of see how that ecosystem of the Niners secondary gets thrown off is who's getting kicked outside, who's going to take over the slot because we, we like, I don't want to do this because I don't pay attention Broncos, but you know, K-1. like K one, right? How many times? And, and I don't know if he's hurt. So if he's hurt, please tell me. I, yeah, I don't he is know hurt. if he's hurt. He, he is hurt. hurt. So never mind. I'm not going to throw it out there. But you see how important I'm going to see. I'm going to pivot to this. You see how important the slot cornerback position is. K one Williams was very good at it with the Niners for a few years, right? Um, and then obviously you saw Samuel Womack in the preseason going into the regular season. See Amador Lindor, and now Jimmy Ward, and, and it, it almost feels like the Niners value that slot cornerback position as the most valuable cornerback position of the three, because it really took until this season for the Niners to really address that, that outside cornerback spot with Moody Ward. And I know, Oh, but what about Richard Sherman? Well, Richard Sherman was kind of a crapshoot. Didn't know what he was going to be until he got here and developed, turned into what he was for the Niners. And Ward did have three last year. What I meant was, and when you think about this, it's his last, it's not even a full season because remember he didn't play early on. He had zero for four seasons, he's got four, five now, I believe, within this amount of games, right? Like he had the he had the two in the Rams game, he had the one in the NFC title game, he had the one against Miami. Um, so I think that's all of them right now. So he's got four right now. So yeah. And, and I mean technically two and, and not to nitpick because Omar is right. He had three last year. Playoffs don't count as stats, too. Well, I just meant in the recent amount of games. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying. I, you're right. He did have three last year. Just stats won't reflect that. Hey, uh, uh, real quick, Jim Everett, because I got to tuck my shit. Uh, the oh, Seattle Seahawks there. lost to M. Samuel. Samuel Darnold. Samuel Darnold. Samuel Samuel Darnold. Almost lost to Jonathan Walford. Jonathan Walford or whoever Walford. or whoever the hell is is playing quarterbacks for the Los Angeles Rams. You're you're a good troll. I like you. And I and I we want like, you to we stay. like you, Jim Everett. I, I want you to stay, but the Seattle Seahawks are fucking cooked and they're in trouble on Thursday. <laughs> they're there. Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy doesn't matter. Do Don't you? matter. Uh Jason, are you ready? Yep. Three stars. Three. Three stars. One, two, three. Uh, I like to throw out my third star. I like I say this all the time when I make picks like this. My third star is, is somebody who I feel like we don't talk about enough on this podcast. Uh, and I'm going to throw it out there. Sean Gibson. Interception yesterday. Okay. Felt like it was the first time he, he made a box score. He's he's kind of he, – he slid into that role where I feel like he is – I don't feel like – I'm telling you he is the most forgotten member of this 49ers defense. I, he's out there majority of the plays, and he doesn't get the shine that – Hafanga makes for good reason. Hafanga makes the plays and, and and Gibson's there to make sure things don't leak out too far. But he finally got his pick yesterday off of Tom Brady. So I do want to give him the third star of the day. My third star, Jimmy Ward. Um, for all of the things that I mentioned before as well, too, man, I am so happy for him. Um, the element of smarts, experience, effectiveness in the run game. If he's now able to cover uh, slot corners, God help whoever is the opponent. Jimmy Ward, 
please don't ever leave. And if I could give you some of the money out of my pocket, which is not much, if that'll help you stay, um, I, I hope that that helps. So, um, yeah, so well, well, first contract negotiations will throw in. He was the third yeah. star for week 14. Yeah. Podcast. Uh, Jay, we'll, we'll get, we'll get this point. We'll get this yeah. in a minute here. Thank you for the donation. Second star for me is Christian McCaffrey. I mentioned the rushing yards, 119. He finishes with 153 total yards, two receptions, one of which was a touchdown. 8.5 yards per carry, Jason. That's a that's yeah. pretty, pretty good. So so my second star is Christian McCaffrey. Is that we'll a curb reference? More... It's what? Is that a curb reference? You know. Pretty. I, I, I got the, yeah, I got the main, like, mainstream memes out there for the yeah. curb. Yes. So, I like it. So, so I'll, go, I'll go Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Dre Greenlaw, number two. Um, shut me up. Appreciate you. Keep balling. Um, I love it. We all love it. Um, and <laughs> shout out to John Lynch for getting that extension done because yesterday's price is not today's price. If he wanted to wait around on this extension, Dre Greenlaw could ask for a raise. At this point, good yeah. job, John Lynch, locking that in. That's why you are who you are. That's why we are who we are. So shout out to you, man. And I think we already know what the number one star is. Yeah, Jason Aponte, Do number it. one star. Three, two, one. It is Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. Uh, and and I, I I want people to look at me when I say this because I'm gonna look into the camera and I'm gonna say to you guys that was the best game a 49ers quarterback has had in recent memory. 2017. The the first one that comes to my mind off the top of my head, Jacksonville, is 2019 the Saints game. Okay. I thought Jimmy was pretty good in that. Game. That's probably Jimmy's best game. But that in like like. I'm including all Niners quarterbacks. I'm including Trey Lance's Texas game. I'm including Jimmy Garoppolo's four touchdowns a couple weeks ago. What Brock Purdy did, and listen, I'm I'm 30. I haven't seen the greatest of Niner quarterbacks in my lifetime. I got barely Steve Young. The first quarterback I really remember in my lifetime is Alex Smith. And Colin Kaepernick, obviously the most electric quarterback. In my mind, I, I I don't think a Niners quarterback has made me feel like Brock Purdy made me feel yesterday. I'm just going to throw it out there. And, and I think the story of him being the last pick and him being the third quarterback helps that a little bit. I I, I was feeling things yesterday, man, that, that I haven't felt with the 49ers in a long, long time. I, I, and and this, this is the closest you'll get me to saying, like, maybe – a conversation is to be had in March at this point. I, I think we're going to talk about that in a few months. If, if things continue to trend the way it is, it's just, it's very hard not to get excited about Brock Purdy right now. And, and, and it sounds so weird. And I see Tarvarius saying, Lord, here we go with the Purdy hype. And, and Tarvarius, I, I know you've been here since day one. You know how level-headed I am with the quarterback position just in general. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make any grand statements that Purdy is better than A, B, C, or D. I'm just telling you what I felt yesterday watching him play the quarterback position, and and, and that's why he gets the number one slot. Um, he gets the number one slot because uh, Tampa Bay was an imposing, you know, opponent. Um, he played particularly well, and quarterbacks get all the love. Um, yeah. but again. You don't need to make grand statements about, you know, don't get the gold jacket ready for Purdy or anything like that. I think what Purdy has done is at least let us enjoy this ride for a little while longer. 
I'm cool with that. I'm also cool to say that I probably took too strong of a stance. And I own my L for everybody that's, you know, here if you just pulled up. Um, so yeah, um, I'm fine with that. I actually want to get to this. Jay Guayo, thank you for the donation. Yeah, so so we'll 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 get to we'll transition now with that. because I, I was gonna say what's up next for the Sprint Red Option podcast. We will be previewing the Seahawks game on Thursday. We'll be doing that Wednesday. But this is the elephant in the room. Niners win on Thursday. They win the NFC West. Now, we'll right. take the Jay Guayo question. Thank you for the donation. With a win on Thursday, Kyle, should Kyle consider resting his players? No. Because no. the Minnesota Vikings lost yesterday. The Niners are one game out of the two seed. Now, the yep. one seed mathematically, technically there, it's done. A, lot, a lot has to happen. Yeah, it, it is done. But as long as there's a mathematical chance, I'm not going to say it. But the Niners do have a chance to get home field up until the NFC Championship game. If they win, the Vikings – I don't know who the Vikings play next week. I'm, this is what I hate about Thursday night game the Niners playing it is my brain is not on next week yet. And after this podcast, I instantly got to, like, get it going into next week. Uh, but – You got, no, you want me to get – you want me to tell you? Yeah, you, you pull it up. But, no, they shouldn't rest their starter because the number two seed is, is very much in line. So uh, th- that's what it is. And, Paul, yesterday for me, I'll, I'll say while you're looking at – Paul, yesterday for me, felt like that game was Kaepernick when he blew out the Bears. It felt like that kind of, yes. Like, like that's that's the comparable. I'm just saying in, in general of, of what nine quarterback, not just first games, the excitement pretty made me feel. So what, what the Vikings got this week? So the Vikings this week have the Indianapolis Colts. It's probably a win. Okay. Um, the New York Giants, that should be a win. They play the Packers on New Year's Day, which okay. that – can go either way. And then they play the Bears on January 8th sometime. So the answer is no. You shouldn't rest anybody. And here's why. Trying to get to that second seed ensures you being on the other side of the bracket and having a home game until there's time to not have a home game. So if you have to go to Philly for an NFC title game, you at least were home for two games. So, yes. And look. Let's be clear. The Vikings on Mars, in Minnesota, in, in Kansas, I don't care where you play them. You're going to beat the Vikings. The Vikings aren't like that, as the kids say. No. But it's way easier to do it at home. Way easier to do it at home. I mean, the 49ers are not going to have to leave the, the West Coast for the rest of their schedule. Be pretty nice for their next travel, which is going to be across the country, to be for the NFC title game yeah. in Philly. In a, in a complete, and if you want to face the Dallas Cowboys, I don't care where you want to face them or whatever. T.Y. Hilton ain't, ain't shaking me now at this point. I, now that they signed him. I love T.Y. Hilton, by the way. I love T.Y. Hilton. But I'd rather have it at home. So I do yeah. think that as long as there's a chance you can get to that second seed, I don't think you rest anybody. Plus, you can't rest people for three weeks. No. <laughs> like, no. rust. And and here's the here's the elephant in the room. Brock Purdy isn't it just started his first game. Yeah. Doesn't he want to develop rhythm yeah. with guys? And, and, and even to the other side of it as well is Debo Samuel is going to have to play again this regular season. Yeah. Because they can't have him coming off of a, a knee ankle injury and not get back the game speed before the race. So like the Niners are in a very weird situation with the resting and and we'll see how Kyle Shanahan navigates it because it's 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 going to be interesting to watch. 
I'll tell you this much. I will tell you this much. I, I think, and this is kind of the Don Purr's Don, yes. the point Ariel makes with Don yes. Purr. I'm going to spoil the NFL, the NFL playoffs for you. One so of two the teams, Lions are making it, right? Well, A, the Lions will make it, and, and B, one of two teams in the NFC is, is going to the Super Bowl, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers. The rest of the NFC are frauds. Yes. So let's look at – Except for the Lions. We love the Lions. We're very pro-Lions here. Let's, let's go. Jason – can we get Jason Walsh uh, up here, Detroit versus everybody, just, just that's because it. that's what Don Burr always says? Thank you, Jason Walsh, for getting that. So let's – let's real quick because we got to get out of here. The Giants are 7-5-1. and one. Yes. Then their last four games are Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles. I can easily see them losing three of those games. Yes. Easily. They're out. The Commanders have the Giants – your San Francisco 49ers, the Browns, and the Dallas Cowboys. They're probably going to lose three of those games at least. Yeah. They're out. The Seattle Seahawks have the San Francisco 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the New York Jets, okay. and the LA Rams. No, the Jets are like that. The Jets yeah. are good, yo. Like, yeah, don't, don't. Don't sleep. Like we all want to say that Geno Smith's gonna get revenge on a team. My my brain thought you said the Giants, and then it pivoted really quick. My God, yeah, the, yeah. the other team in New York. Yeah. So Seattle's out. Yeah. Here's the Lions' path. You maybe lose to the Jets, maybe, but you get the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. And by the time you face the Packers, the Packers are packed in, yeah. not caring. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers is is, is just like Brock too. Purdy looked pretty good yesterday, you know. Packers are packed in. So let's go Lions. Let's if, go down Listen, and let's listen. If if all you all you need to do to just have an idea, uh, all you gotta do is get an idea of the the Lions how good they are. Go look at their point differential compared to the ten and three Minnesota. Can, can I point out that can I point out that stat that I tweeted real quick? I mean, by the way, Keith Murphy, thank you for the donation. Yes. You don't have to get out of here, keep the show rolling. I'd love to. I just I just want to eat these shrimp tacos that have been sitting. Oh, I got I got, like, I got a sushi bag cooking right now. All I'm right. Very this is the NFC West point differentials for the San Francisco 49ers and the rest of the NFC West. Yes. The 49ers have a plus 120 point differential. Seattle has an eight point point differential. Arizona is minus 57. The Los Angeles Rams are minus 78. And this, with the San Francisco 49ers getting blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs, still having a 120-point differential. Andrew, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but that's a sign of a good team. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and just, just, just since you're mentioning point differential, I teased it. The 10-3 and three Minnesota Vikings have a minus one point differential. The six and seven Detroit Lions have a plus two point differential. And, and and in case also too, I, I heard a stat on part of my take earlier. In case you're wondering how fraudulent the Vikings are, they have the fourth worst yard differential in the league this year too. The Texans, the Falcons, the Titans. No, no, and and, and Gojravon Jinx says a seven and team may come out of the NFC South. I I have something. Just kick the NFC South out of the playoffs and put the Lions in because I'd rather watch the Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Shit, let the Rams in with, with Baker Mayfield. Let's have some fun. Let's get nuts. I, I think somebody said, I saw a thing too that the 6 and 11 Panthers can actually win the division if the rest of the division finishes 6 and 11. Really? Ooh, that's, yeah. I, I'll play off. 
Uh, Axel asks, what was the point differential I'm in 2019? Right Plus 169. So the 49ers, if they could win their last four games by a combined 50 points, they'll beat that as well. So just kind of give you an idea. Hey, Jason, it sounds like it's done and done. Jason, we're at an hour 15, my guy. Yeah. Uh, we should probably kill the podcast. I see. I saw Tarverius asking where we got the name Sprint Red Option Podcast. That's the play call of the catch. Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, the play that launched the Niners dynasty. Dynasty. Greatest play, greatest play in NFL history. Don't at me. Uh, you know what you can at me with, though? Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners, huh?